Have you ever taken a personality test? I mean, sure, sometimes we do it for fun, but these days more and more employers are actually using these tests on their employees. This is a multi-billion dollar industry and growing. So are these being used in your workplace and why? Why would your boss want to do this? Well, joining us now to talk more about this is Dr. Tomas Chamara Pramuzic, who's a psychologist and author of I, Human. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Why have these personality tests become so popular? Look, fundamentally, employers have realized that if they go on looking for talent in the same old places and they continue to focus too much, even obsess over hard skills, academic credentials, and the qualifications that people bring from university, they're going to miss out on a really important part, which is people's soft skills. And personality assessments are the best proven scientific way to understand whether somebody has empathy, curiosity, learning ability, and all the things employers really want to know about employees. So is this something that they're asking potential employees to do, like in the hiring process? Yeah, this is a great question. So there are two uses. One is potential employees, so work um, you know, seekers, job applicants, to understand them particularly if they don't have much data on them besides what the report on LinkedIn or the resume. You want to get a holistic look at the full human that is coming to you know, work for you potentially. And the other one is for internal development. Personality assessments can give people feedback on their potential, their performance, which often managers refuse to do, sometimes because they're polite and conflict averse, and sometimes because they don't really understand the intricacies that actually make up the individuals that work for them. Hmm. Do you think these are useful? Of course. Well, you know, I'm somewhat biased because I spent 25 years researching them, creating them, using them, (laughs) and I see the advantages. But I think the reality is that if you're interested in understanding the person beyond what they have done in the past and beyond the formal qualifications that they report, and you want to actually know what makes an individual tick and how they differ from others, in a world that is supposed to embrace diversity and inclusion and bring people from different walks of life to the workplace, they are a very good data-driven and pretty reliable objective resource. But are they a good predictive indicator on somebody who might develop leadership qualities or somebody who might surprise you? Yeah, this is actually the most underutilized Um, I would say, application of personality assessments. Look, we have uh, studies going back 20 years showing that if you assess somebody's personality, you can predict 50% of the variability in their performance as a leader. Now, 50% might not sound like a lot, but imagine the remaining 50% is composed of things like subject matter expertise, past experience, uh, you know, their networks, whether, you know, they fit an historical profile of somebody who is successful. And, of course, we also have bias there because a lot of times people in management or leadership roles are uh, assigned positive ratings when, in fact, they're not doing a very good job. So as a device or tool to understand whether somebody who has never managed or led before has the qualities that we need in leaders for them to be effective and turn a group of individuals into a high-performing team, they're a really, really valuable resource. And again, they're a good way to understand if people have empathy, if they have integrity, if they have curiosity, imagination, learning ability, and if they lack some of the qualities, problem qualities, that we don't want leaders to have, things like narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. Right, because some of that, if you do it like face-to-face, you won't necessarily detect it, right? Individually, as people, we, we might fall 
we, we might fall prey to somebody's, those kinds of personality quirks, whereas if we use the test, do we not? This is exactly the main problem. When we look at people and we interact with them, say, on a job interview, and you're the interviewer, you think you can judge them? Yeah. You think that social skills are a sign of empathy or emotional intelligence? But there's a lot of studies, including our own research, showing that people who come across as likable and charismatic on an interview are often actually narcissistic and manipulative. And just like you wouldn't marry somebody after a first date, you know, you shouldn't hire somebody because they're <laughs> likable or charming in an interview. I mean, you'll pay the price five, six months later, and sometimes forever, if you then can't get rid of this person. Okay, and what about using them when you're already on your current employees? I understand that in the United States, this is becoming a popular way to develop work-from-home strategies. Yes, that's right. I mean, Canada as well, big companies in general have understood that these assessments are very useful if you want to develop people because you can only develop new skills uh, or new, you know, important work-related attributes if somebody tells you where your gaps are, if somebody tells you what your kind of opportunities are to get better. And again, if you take these assessments and they tell you, look, you should be working on your communication skills or you're not a very good listener or, you know, take into account other people's perspective, etc., you have an opportunity to get better. And what we have found in the last two years with hybrid working and more people working remotely is like their opportunities to casually engage in these development conversations with managers have been reduced because everything is a Zoom meeting or a Teams right. meeting, and we jump right away into the agenda, etc. So we have lost these opportunities for small talk and the humane interaction that we used to have with bosses or managers. And so taking an assessment can actually give you the feedback you need to get better and also understand in what direction you might want to develop your career, because this can tell you, you know, what your potential kind of... Um, developmental trajectories are. Should you be a manager? Should you be a leader? Should you become a creative individual, um, you know, technical individual, contributor, and so on? Isn't there a concern, though, here, Doctor, that as well you could become pigeonholed by what the personality test said about you? Well, you know, if you don't interpret the results correctly, then yes, of course. I mean, this is never deterministic. It's never, you know, uh, all or nothing kind of feedback or prediction. We're dealing with probabilities, but in essence, what the assessment and the feedback tells you is people who answer like you tend to do this, they tend to like these things, they tend to operate well in these environments, and they tend to not do so well in those environments. More often than not, that is true. We find that if you have a technical expert, whether it's a coach or an HR professional that knows how to interpret these assessments, they will add color and uh, depth to the interpretation and the accuracy also increases. But fundamentally, look, it's no different from having your GP, your doctor telling you, hey, you know, you have a predisposition to uh, eat too much sugar or to not control, you know, your sedentary habits, etc. It doesn't mean that that's definitive. Yeah. But paying attention to this feedback is often what you need to change new habits. Ultimately, this is about building new, more effective habits that make you happier and better at work. Is it a bit more of an equalizer, too? Because if you're not just relying on personal impressions, then maybe you're looking at candidates that you wouldn't have looked at before. Absolutely. Look, I think in general, we still have a tendency to focus too much on style and too little on substance, you know, even and this is very timely because, I mean, you know, we just celebrated International Women's Day. 
again, and we still keep on pointing the finger at women for not self-promoting, for not leaning in, for not speaking in meetings when they have nothing to say. In fact, what we should be looking at is what people actually contribute and what they could contribute. And, you know, an important thing to consider is that this isn't about looking for people who are all the same but actually building teams that are well-balanced, where you have somebody who might be very good at execution and have attention to details, somebody who might be very creative, somebody who might be a good communicator and influencer, and so on. So ultimately, this can help not just individuals land better jobs, but organizations form better teams and have teams that are more diverse, which then you need to ensure that you manage in an inclusive way. But even that, selecting leaders that have a propensity to be open-minded and manage in an inclusive way can also be done with good personality assessments. Well, thank you so much for your time on that this morning. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.